Hello, PCA. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. We bless you, Lord. You're awesome, God. You are the one true God, and we praise you. You sit enthroned forever. Amen. I'm making my declaration. I'm shouting it to every nation. I bless the God of my salvation. He's worthy, worthy. The God I serve is great and mighty. He is for me who can be against me. I praise him with a song of victory. He's worthy, worthy. I will bless and
All around. 
You are the land that takes away the sin of the world. You are so good to us, God. You are awesome, God. If we believe in Jesus and we repent of our sins, our Jesus can save us no matter what we've done. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. 
Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing. Are you desperate for some healing? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Mm-hmm. He makes a way where there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can't save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free. And the good news is I know that he can do for you what he's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. And let my Jesus change your life. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. Who can wipe away the tears from broken dreams? and wasted years until the past to disappear oh let me tell you about my jesus and all the wrong turns that you would go and undo if you could who can make it all for your good oh let me tell you about my jesus he makes a way where there ain't no way rises up Good news is, I know that He can do for you what He's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus, and let my Jesus change your life. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Pay the price for all my guilty. Who would care that much about me? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Oh, he makes a way where there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can't save. Let me tell you about my Jesus.
You are so good, God. Lord, we stand in awe of you. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee.
bless your name, Lord. You are great, God. I thank you, Lord, for who you are, for all you've done for us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless your name. Lord, I pray that you would just have your way in this service tonight. Speak to us through what you have given Pastor Richard and through the, all the teachers in this building, Lord. Help us all to just come closer to you. Open our eyes, Lord. Open our eyes. Make us more like you tonight, Lord. I bless you. I praise you. And I thank you in Jesus' holy and powerful name. Amen and amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. Wow. Isn't God good? I was just Amen. thinking today, he's as close as the mention of his name. Amen. And I said, Jesus, I need you Amen. right now. And he's right there. He's right there at the mention of his name. Thank you, Lord. And the enemy doesn't like that. But That's you know right. what? I don't care. Amen. He died for us so that we would have that privilege that we could just Amen. say his name and there he is to fight our battles. He goes Thank before us. He knows what's going to happen even before we get there. Amen. And the enemy tries to make us worry and strife, but not going to do it. Not going to do it. Wow, now's the time that we get to praise the Lord through our tithes and our offering. And there's lots of ways that you can give tonight. You can give in the sanctuary. You can also give out in the foyer with your debit card or credit card at the kiosk. You can give on our website, pca.com. You can give on our app. If you don't have the app, go to your app store or play store. Search for PCA Church. Download the app, answer affirmatively to everything, and you'll have the app not only for giving, but you can keep up with what's going on, all the things that are happening. We had volleyball this last Tuesday night. Wasn't that exciting? Yeah. My husband came home. He was so, so tired, and I told him, I said, you're so old, you don't need to be doing that. But Anyway, you can also uh, t text to the number behind me, uh, PCA Church. So lots of ways that you can give. Gentlemen, if you'll come. Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for this time to give and to give to back to you what you've given to us. Father, I pray that you would bless every gift and every giver. Give back to those that are given, Father, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Lord, I pray that you would anoint what is given, God, and multiply it, that it would meet the needs of not only our church but our community. Father, help us be your hands and eyes extended, Father. Help us to meet the needs of our community, Father. Show us the way, Lord. Open our eyes to see the needs, I pray. Bless Pastor Richard tonight. Give him a double portion of your anointing. Prepare every heart, mind, and soul to receive what you have to say through him. In Jesus' name, amen. Good evening, PCA. Both online and here in the house. I'm excited. Um, I love that I get an opportunity to speak. Thank you, Pastor, for letting me have an opportunity to speak. You know... Sometimes when you're in a job uh, where you work at a church and you're kind of like the nuts and bolts of like, did that button get pushed or is that wire touching, you know, that thing or whatever, you get in a habit of running your life like that, like you forget about how to preach. You forget, hey, I, how to prepare a message and how to put it all together. And so luckily for me, I have the best of both worlds. I get to do what I do, but I also pastor is a pastor that says, hey, want to give you opportunity to preach? want to keep you fresh, want to keep you sharp, and uh, make sure that you're out there doing that. And so I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And it's good for me. It's always, it's kind of like exercise. Sometimes you love it. Sometimes you're like, oh, man, you know? So, so um, sometimes the Lord has to really deal with you and say, now listen, you know how to prepare a message. Quit being lazy. Get in there. Get after it. 
So <laughs> this time it wasn't like that, though. This time I was excited. This time I was like, yes, I'm ready to go. Um, <clears throat> today's message is because I had been reading some scripture uh, that was really kind of speaking to me, and I'd also had a thought where I was thinking, you know what? I, I wonder um, about the interactions that Jesus had with people while he was here on earth. Like, what's the dynamic of all those? Like, how do they all, like, if you put them in a thing and you try to map it out, what, do they have things in common or do they have things that we can learn from? And also, I had three songs that, um, one, two from the past and one that was very present. I just found it just a few days ago. And, man, it just spoke to me, and it, and it kind of compounded what I was already thinking about. And I was like, yeah, that's it. That's what I'm going to go for. So tonight, um, our message is entitled, Talk with Jesus. Now, I know some of y'all are thinking, I am an old saint, and I have been talking to Jesus for a long time. I know, I know, I know. But listen, anybody who's been talking to Jesus, sometimes you stop talking just for a little while, and anybody can do more talking to Jesus. Everybody can do a little more talking to Jesus. So, now, when I said I was looking at all the, like, interchanges that they had between Jesus and somebody else in the Bible... Obviously, we're not going to go through all 132 of those. <laughs> not going to do that tonight, okay? We're just going to look at a few of them, but from those, I think there's things that we can glean, things that we can see. Now, <clears throat> um, how many people in this room have a friend? Okay. How many people in this room have a good friend? Okay. How many people in this room have a best friend? Me? Uh, how many people that I'm talking to, your best friend happens to be your spouse? Yeah, hey, and that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. As a matter of fact, if your friend's not friends with your spouse, you've got a problem. <laughs> so anyway, um, how many people, though, when I said you have a friend, you were talking about a pet? Some of you, maybe, I don't know. But listen, I, for, I know that pets can be like people to some people. But for tonight, we'll just keep it as people, Okay. Now, some people take it even further than that. As a matter of fact, here's a little story. Uh, the other morning, Heather swooshed back the covers and sprung out of bed and went into the next room. And it took me a second because I was like, whoa, is she like attacking the day? Or or is she really got to go to the restroom bad? Or have I been snoring for three hours and she's just sick of me? Well, I don't know. What's going on? Right? But then I hear her say, you got this, Kevin. You can do it. It's all right, Kevin. You got this. Okay, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Who is Kevin, and why is she talking to him before she says good morning to me? That is not happening in my house. It turns out Kevin was a plant. Okay, he was just a plant over by the window, and she was trying to encourage this plant to not die. Don't die, plant. I don't think she really believes talking to him does any good, but who knows, whatever. Uh, some people do take it that far. They're like, their friends, their plant. Uh, but tonight, we're just going to talk about people, okay? Um, how many people, though, out of all the friends that you thought about, both your spouse, your whatever, how many people have a friendship where you never, ever said a word to them? Nobody. It's not possible. You can't build a friendship. You can't build a relationship without communication, without words, without talking, without having some kind of dialogue. It doesn't happen. 
you're just living on instinct. If that's the case, you're not having a friend. You got to be able to talk. That would be crazy to, to try to have a friend with no communication. Um, it requires you to talk to be able to make it grow. Now, in the eighth grade, uh, there was this young lady that I thought was absolutely spectacular. And she, she had no idea. Because I was too shy to say anything, do anything, have anything to do with it. She had two or three boyfriends that year. They were all duds. But I mean, you know, <laughs> I never said nothing because I was too shy. Now, when it come to where I was 20-some years old and I met Heather, I was not making that same mistake twice. I let her know. And she said, I don't want no Walmart, man. And so <laughs> I had to really, I had to really, 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 you know, Lay it on thick. And so finally I won her over. But in, from that day till this, 30-some years later, we're still together. Why? Because we talk to each other. We, we have communication with each other. We, we have a relationship together. Jesus is no different. To have a relationship with him, you have to speak to him. As a matter of fact, if you're a follower of Christ already, you have already spoke with him and asked him to come into your life. You ask him to wash away your sin. And you pledge to him that you would live for him the rest of your life, probably all with your mouth. Then why go silent after that? Why shut up after that? He's not a genie you just rubbed a lamp. He's the living son of God. And he's giving you access to God. And on top of everything, he wants to be your friend. That is nuts. The ancient of days, the one who helped make everything, wants to be your ever-present friend. Think of that. That'll blow your mind if you really, really try to wrap your brain around it. So with that in mind, I started thinking, hey, why do people not talk to Jesus? Like, why don't they talk to him? <clears throat> Then I thought, well, it's probably a lot to do with human nature. And if that's the case, we are no different than the people that he spoke with when he was here. So there are most likely some parallels. In other words, we're kind of all the same ball of wax when it comes to humanity, right? We keep doing the same things. And so because of that, Jesus knows exactly how to help us. And because of that, the enemy knows just how to attack us. And so we're the same thing, right? And so <clears throat> there are most likely, though, some parallels that we can look at and see things that we can learn from. So we'll start like this. Uh, when you talk to Jesus, here's some things that you may notice that uh, always happen, okay? First one is this. Expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. When you speak with Jesus, expect the unexpected because he sometimes will surprise you. He really will. When you, and he... <clears throat> Everything he says, though, whether it's surprising or not, is for your benefit. Jesus always says things to draw you closer to the Father and try to help you and keep you and have things for your benefit. The enemy always lies to you and tries to get you separated from Jesus and the Father and wants to kill you and destroy you. That's, the, that's, the, that's really simple, but that's the way it works right there. Enemy wants to hurt you, kill you, destroy you, lies to you. Jesus wants to help you see you in heaven, be with the Father, tells you the truth, gives you what you need. Okay, so we're going to start with the lady at the well. Did you know that this conversation, uh, if I have my, my research right, this conversation between this lady and Jesus is the longest recorded in the Bible. 
as far as like between Jesus and somebody else. The longest one. What an honor to pay this woman who all the other Jewish people would have said no. Not even speaking with you. So what an honor. What an incredible honor. When the, when the Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? Now, granted, she's not talking with Jesus yet. I understand that. But I will tell you that right off the bat, this was unexpected for her. She was not expecting that. As a matter of fact, I have been uh, heard preached before that this lady was trying to avoid really seeing anybody at all because that's why she was there at noon. She was sick of the ridicule of everybody. She was tired of having to deal with people. When they would go out and draw the well early in the morning, she wanted a time where she could just be alone and then hear this guy saying, hey, can you give me a drink? <laughs> this was very unexpected for her. There will be times when Jesus asks you to do something that is very, or he will talk to you about something that is very unexpected. Um, he will also sometimes tell you to do something, and you will think to yourself, wait a minute. Jesus, can't you just make that happen? And Jesus is thinking, yeah, I can make anything happen. But I want to use you as a vessel. I want to use you as the instrument. Why? Because it's going to build somebody's faith, and it's going to benefit you. He knows. He knows what he's doing. This Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews don't associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Whew. This is an incredible thing. Jesus is setting up a scene where he's dropping some spiritual truth on this woman, okay? He's dropping her spiritual truth, but at the same time, he's using something that she knows all too well, her daily chore, go get the water. I mean, it's the most drudgery, awful thing for her, I'm sure, and he is going to use that and flip it and absolutely help apply this spiritual thing to her in her life. That is incredible to me. He is amazing at that. That that is fantastic. So he is. He's fixing to. He's fixing to drop some spiritual truth on her. He already is. She's not caught on yet. She's still kind of you know, not quite got it yet. But we'll see how she does here in a second. It says, if you'll just talk to Jesus, he will use your everyday things to show you things of eternal value. He'll use everyday stuff to show you the eternal. That's what Jesus does. Go mow the yard, have some time to yourself, get in a headspace where you're talking to Jesus, and he'll show you stuff. Get in your car, drive down the road, talk to Jesus, he'll show you stuff. That's what he does. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock? So right here, I, I would, this is where it's a good thing I'm not Jesus. Because had she asked me that, I might have come back with a little bit different reply. I would have said something like this. Um, <clears throat> I made every molecule of H2O that's in that well. I made Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I made the stones lining the walls of this well. I know exactly how many cubic gallons of water are in there. And I know when this well will go dry. And I know how much you've dipped out of it in the last year. I might have said something smart aleck like that if I was Jesus. 
but I'm not. And, and, and he, God knows, you know, that's not going to be a good plan. So Jesus didn't answer like that. He answered like this. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't go thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. She's starting to catch on now. She hasn't quite yet, but she's now starting to say, whoa, 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 whoa. He's got a plan B. He's got a new way of living right here. I don't have to come get water every day. She hadn't quite got it yet, but that's what she's thinking. She's thinking, hey, hey, <laughs> my water drawing days are over. I'm done. Yes, let's find out what this guy has to say. You see, Jesus is nudging her closer and closer, but she's still thinking very literal. She's thinking about the water in the well. She hasn't quite figured out that he's trying to do a spiritual application here. Now, let's stay tuned, and we'll go back to her and find out what happens. But right now, while I'm talking about he'll do something unexpected, let's go on to Nicodemus. Did you know that this is the first mention of Nick at night? <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> well, it does say in the Bible that he went out at night, right? His name's Nick. Okay, here we go. <laughs> now, there was a Pharisee, a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you were doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, probably not what he thought this guy was going to say. Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Wait, let me just try to, let me ask you that question again. Hey, I think you're from God because you're doing stuff that, like, only God can help you do. And he answers, uh, I tell you the truth, uh, you could, no one can see the kingdom unless they are born again. Nicodemus got me scratching his head, right? But here's the thing. Nicodemus is a learned man, and he is an older man, okay? And so Jesus knows he can use this as a vehicle to be able to apply something spiritual again. He knows that he, this guy is going to be troubled by being trying to think, how do I get born another time when I'm this old? He knows this, and he knows through that he's going to be able to apply what he's talking about. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, I'm sorry, going on. How can someone be born when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb and be born. Jesus answered, verily truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of the spirit. Flesh gives birth to the flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. You should not be surprised at what am I saying. You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases, and you hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. And see, now he's, got, he's trying to flesh this out for him and explain a little more. Listen, it's not about being born of the flesh. It's about being born of the Spirit. He's trying to help Nicodemus make some, some more sense out of this. Then he gives an application that everybody in Oklahoma understands. And that is the wind. You don't know where it comes from. You don't know where it's going. You can hear it and you can see its effects, but that's all the control that you have. You really can't do much else with it, right? Everybody in Oklahoma understands the wind, and Jesus is going to explain this to him and say, listen, it's like, that's like people who have been born in the Spirit. Being a child of God and talking to Jesus, the Spirit of God will work through you in ways that are mysterious to people. I did not say spooky. I said mysterious. There's a difference. 
um, <clears throat> because the Spirit of God will help you work in a way where people will be astounded and want to know about your God. If it's spooky, then you're doing something weird and crazy, and just because you want to, then they're going to be turned off and be like, nothing to do with that. So just understand the difference. The next thing that will happen when you speak to Jesus is he will answer questions you didn't know you needed answered. He'll answer stuff you didn't know you needed answered. Think about this. Here's another guy who hasn't yet had a conversation with Jesus, but he's going to answer something for him that he didn't know that he needed. It's the man who was let down through the roof. Know that guy? Man, I mean, his friends were letting him down, but they were holding him up in faith, right? They were sending him down this way, but in in their faith, they were pushing him up, pushing him up. That man, it says in Luke 5, 19, says this, When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went on to the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles, in the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Wow, wow, wow. That one sentence is full of stuff. First of all, they saw, he saw their faith because the friend probably didn't have faith right at the moment to be able to think, oh, I think I can be healed. Plus, he's being lowered down by these four guys, and I'm sure the only thing on his mind is, don't drop me, don't drop, don't drop me, right? So, I mean, (laughs) this guy right here probably is not really exercising any faith, but his friends were, and Jesus said because of their faith. And then he says, friend, never met the man, and he's already his friend. That's Jesus. That's that's what I'm telling you. He wants to be your friend. He is your friend. You just got to be his friend. And then he says something that astounds everybody. Your sins are forgiven. And goes on to like read their mail and say, I know what y'all are thinking about that. But hey, what's easier to say your sins are forgiven or you'll be healed. And he winds up healing him anyway. And this man is now on a new path. He's now walking and he is now a friend of Jesus. That is awesome. I love, love, love that story. But he did something right there that that guy wasn't expecting, and he he answered something that that guy didn't know he needed answered. Next thing is, and this is, I think, where we get a lot of us get hung up. Jesus will reveal the gross parts of us. He'll do it. He doesn't have a shy bone. He will say it. He will tell you about it. He will let you know about it. Now, listen. Well, sometimes people get confused, Jesus talking to you and convicting you about something, and the devil condemning you about something. So let's get that figured out. Jesus will help you with something currently going on in your life to help you avoid it, stop it, don't do it anymore. The devil will bring up the past and beat you over the head with it and say, you're not worthy, you're not good enough, you're not this, you're not that, he, because he wants to try to hurt you. So understand the difference between those two, okay? When Jesus is speaking with you, he, he, is, he is being kind, he is being gentle, he is being, he's nudging you, he's giving it completely up to you. He's just going to put it out there and then let you make the choice. The devil, on the other hand, is going to be like, bleh, 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 in your ear all the time. So just remember, there's a difference between those two. But here's an instance where Jesus is going to say the gross to one of his disciples. Watch this. This is Peter. He says, Simon, Simon. Um, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. 
But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go to prison and to death for you. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times that you know me. Son, that's not easy to hear. That's not an easy thing to hear, right? But Jesus just puts it out there. He's like, here you go. You need to know this. <clears throat> and as a matter of fact, in my mind, I'm thinking, Peter, hey, if you would have listened, you might be could have, you know, taken care of that. Um, sometimes, though, I don't think we talk to Jesus because we think we, he, he's going to try to deal with our mess. Um, our yuck, he, he does. He does want to deal with your mess. He wants to help you get it out. So that you have a better life. He wants to benefit you. He wants to help you. Have you ever watched that show Hoarders? You know what I'm talking about? And, and sometimes we can be spiritual and emotional hoarders. Man, we hang on to that mess. Because, ooh, it's a little bit comforting, right? People come around me and tell me it's going to be okay. It's going to be but. Jesus is trying to say, I want to heal you of this stuff. I want to help you with this stuff. I want to help move some of this stuff out of your life. And we just keep snuggling up to it. And Jesus, Jesus is a lot like those people on hoarders who are the professionals. You ever see those professionals? The, the, all the family have already tried to get the hoarder to get the stuff out of the house. And they tried lots of ways. They tried consoling with them. And they tried uh, being nice to them, and it just winds up enabling them to get more. And they try being mean to them, and then they just become belligerent and say, get off my property. You know, there's, a, <laughs> there's all kinds of approaches, and the family always gets it wrong. But then here comes the professional, and the professional's like, just a little nudge here, a little nudge there. Don't let you make this decision. Help you realize that this right here is not something that you need. A cockroach lid, you know, on the top of your counter there probably could put that in the trash. <laughs> you know, things like that. And so they help them out. Well, Jesus is the same way. He wants to help nudge you in the right direction. He wants to help you clean up your hoarded, hoarded house of stuff and mess. He wants to give you a better life. The problem is we're just like the hoarder. We can't see it. We can't see beyond where we're at. We think, oh, I need this stuff. No, 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 no. You need to listen to him. You need to talk to him. You need to talk to him and let him deal with your mess. Okay, so here we go. Back to the lady at the well. Ready? The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't go thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go and call your husband and come back. And she said, I have no husband. It's very clever. She was right. Um, Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands, and the man you are now with is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that this place is where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Listen, Jesus now is really, really, really applying this spiritual principle, and he is really, really, really shining in her light a huge, bright light. Right? Many of us don't like that light because it exposes stuff we don't like. We don't want to deal with it. This lady had the right response, though. She was like, hey, you are a prophet. I mean, dude, you, you're reading my mail. That's, you are right. You're absolutely correct. This, this is an all-lit set, though, right now, right? There's no lights off anywhere. This is all, woo, bright. Uh, and everything's being seen for this old gal. 
uh, do you see, though, how Jesus is taking her understanding of, of what is just drawing water and helping her go from something that's temporal to something that is spiritual in her life? She's now beginning to kind of like catch on to this and trying to figure this out. Um, it will take having your own yucky part of your life noticed and, and dealt with with Jesus. But in doing so, you get to drink from a water. You get to drink from a fountain where you never thirst again. That's what's going on there. That's the exchange. It's, it's Jesus is saying, get rid of the hoardy stuff. And I'll put in, you know, a Diet Coke fountain here, and you just come over and get some whenever you want. I mean, that's what my interpretation. But anyway, that's, that's what's going on. He's saying, listen, you can drink and drink and drink, and you won't thirst again. It's going to be fantastic. Um, also, when you talk to Jesus, he gets to the heart of the matter. He don't mess around, and it's, it's not just that he's calling you on things, but he also gets to the heart of the matter. Watch this. Now, I'm going to just read this. I'm sure you'll figure out who this is if eventually as soon as I say it. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha. I think maybe he watched the Brady Bunch. Marsha, Marsha. No, i Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better. And it will not be taken from her. Jesus did not mess around. He did not go around the barn far along ways. He just right off the bat said, hey, wait a minute. You know, we appreciate what you're doing. You're doing a fine job. We love all the snacks. Hey, you're doing great. But mm -mm. this gal picked the more important thing to do. Just don't be, don't be jumping on her back. Uh, Peter, he came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Son, that is direct. That is like, oh, oh, okay, hey, that's a very sobering thing to, for him to say, right? He's not going to like ease into this one. He's just going to say, hey, listen, either I do this or you don't have no part with me. Uh, to which Simon replied, not just my, but my hands and my head as well. Now, we all love Simon's reply because he's like, yeah, he's all in, right? That's a good thing. But um, Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though you not every one of you. For he knew that there was one that was going to betray him and that it was why he said not all were clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand that I have what I have done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Now, here's the cool thing with me is I love in the Bible when language is used in one place and it's very much used again in another place and, and, it, and it has some kind of shadow or parallel like meaning that goes together. For me, this very much is very, 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 very much telling of the cross. 
of what's going to happen on the cross and how that Jesus is going to be able to wash away our sin just as he washed their feet. And then as, as he, he got up and served them and then laid him, he laid down himself and then picked himself back up. So watch what I'm saying. Here's what I'm getting at. John 10, 11 says this. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Notice he uses the words lays down. He doesn't say that I get killed for you or that someone's going to kill me for you. No, no. He says, I lay it down. Uh, John 10, 14 and 15. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And then John 10, 17 and 18. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my Father. I love that, and I love that he laid down his clothing and took it up again, and into my mind it has a symbolization of what's going on here. So I think that's pretty awesome. You can read it different if you like, and we're all going to still go to heaven. But anyway, <laughs> that's that. Okay, moving on. Nicodemus. Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Man, we all know that, right? John 3.16. Jesus isn't messing around. He's telling Nicodemus, hey, let's get to the heart of the matter. Here's what I'm talking about. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. It's like already decided. Okay, The judge has made his ruling. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. But people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives in the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Love that. Jesus is saying, listen, don't be afraid of this light. Don't be scared of this light. He's saying, I tell you right now, I'm, I'm out for your benefit. I'm going to help you as much as I possibly can. I want this for your benefit. And then finally, here's the lady at the, the woman at the well. She says, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for the salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and now has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. So he started this conversation with this lady with just, give me a drink. And by the end of it, he's laying spiritual, awesome, even prophecy for telling on her, saying, listen, hey, there's going to be a time when we all, we all worship, the true worshipers are going to do it in spirit and in truth. It's not going to be about a location or a spot or any of that. It's going to be about, hey, do I have a connection with God? And do I have a connection with his son? And is he in my life? And can I raise up my hands and my voice and worship him and cry out to him? And he'll hear me and help me and bless me. That's what it's about. He's helping this woman to find all that out. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. She's almost there, but she's fixing to get there for real now. Watch this. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, 
I am he. Whoa. You, I mean, you cannot tell me if that was you. You wouldn't have been like, what? Right? That would have got you a little bit. At least it would have me. I would have been, what in the world? That is fantastic. Let's move on to Peter. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. So he's asking him a question, and then he gets right to the heart of the matter and says, this is what I need you to do. Jesus asked him again, hey, Simon, do you love me? And he said again, yes, you know, you know I love you. And you, matter of fact, you know everything, and you know I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And then a third time, uh, he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And now, uh, I've, I've heard it preached before that the reason Jesus asked him three times was to kind of give him a little remembrance of him denying him three times, okay? And so I think that that the nice little parallel there to kind of help grow Peter up in this little moment. Um, but again, he asked him, and Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. And then Jesus says, very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted. But you are, when you're old, you will be stretched out your hands and someone else will dress you and be led where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death that would, which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Listen, Jesus did not give him easy. He did not. He gave him better. He gave him more. He gave him benefit. He gave him promise. He gave him a thing, a, a way to get to heaven. He gave him everything that he could possibly give any other Christian, but he did not give him easy. Man, and it's still, still Peter was like, I'm in. I am in. That has to be us. That has to be us. No matter our lot, no matter what it is, we have to say we're in. We're going for it. And then finally, back to the lady at the well. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to town. And, oh, I'm sorry. I missed a part. Whew. Man, goodness. When Jesus, uh, when you talk to Jesus, he will ask you to go tell others about him. That's what this whole thing about feed my sheep with Peter was supposed to be with. Sorry, I missed that one. But anyway, uh, yeah, then, then the next one is the lady at the well. She's then leaving her water jar. The woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. <laughs> Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Listen, when you spend time talking to Jesus, you wind up wanting to talk about Jesus. That's the bottom line. When you spend time talking to him, you wind up being somebody who wants to talk about him. <clears throat> Keep this in mind. Of the 130 encounters that Jesus recorded in the Gospels where he's talking with another person, six of them were in the temple, four of them were in the synagogue, and 122 of them were in the mainstream of everyday life. That's the thing. They're, they're, it's out there among everybody. That's where it's going to happen. So don't think to yourself, oh, I have to be in church before I can talk to somebody about something spiritual. No, no, no. 
No, absolutely not. Jesus was not among the in the his what would consider his church to be able to lay on these spiritual applications. Absolutely not. He was using everyday things that were around them, something they could relate to, and then boom, he would hit them with that spiritual application. You can do the same. That's what God has called us to do. Talk to Jesus. Let Jesus talk to you. Talk to Jesus about people. Talk to people about Jesus. May people talk about you talking to Jesus. That's the legacy. That's what you want. You want to talk to him. You want to talk to him about people. You want, pe you want to talk to people about him. And then you want people talking about you as someone who talks about Jesus and to Jesus. <clears throat> when speaking with Jesus... Probably the wisest thing, though, that you can ever know is wrapped up in the words of his mom. This is Mary, the lady who's went to the temple and found him at 12 years old and said, hey, we've been looking for you. Where you been? And Jesus quips back at her and says, didn't you know I was about my father's business? You know, kind of smart elegy in a way, but at the same time, something that she kept in her heart. And I think at the same time, that was kind of a time where Jesus was like, okay, I'm going to obey them. I'm not going to be a, you know, a jerk. Um, and so here it is 18 years later, and she goes to him and says, hey, we need some wine. We're running out of wine. To which, you know, she, he says, hey, listen, don't, woman, it's not my time, okay? And as any good mom in mom mode does, she really didn't pay much mind to what he said. She didn't. She just looked right at the servants, and she said these words. Do what he says. Those words are wise. Those words reverberate through all time. If you have a conversation and you talk to Jesus, please do what he says. Bottom line, period. That's it. Just do what he says. If he tells you to do something, do it. If you're out at a restaurant and you look over in the other booth and God's spirit drops into you, hey, go over there and pay for their lunch. Do it. If he says, hey, you know that, that part in the alley between you and your neighbor and you mow half and he mows half and sometimes his gets way long, just go over there and cut it. It's all right. Do it for him. Do it. Then do it. I mean, he's going to drop all kinds of stuff like that on you. But just go ahead and do it because he's got a plan. He is sovereign and he's got it all figured out. So be sure you do what he says. Okay, so I told you in the beginning I had some things that were kind of inspiring to me about this. I'm going to share those with you, but first I'm going to pray. And at the end of my prayer, this is going to give time for everybody who's on live stream. We love you. We sure hope you were blessed by Pastor Bardwell's message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.